Legal Hour with Ihsan Higgins. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Uh, it's the second part of the legal hour now, and we're going to be dealing with uh, the and the topic for, for for this particular segment of the discussion is the law and district six. And of course, you know, uh, people, it's, it's it's some something that you know that either uh, excites people or it makes them angry. But certainly, there's a lot of emotions attached to District Six. It's been a, a political football. It's been a social football. It's been a, it's been a disaster. You know, when people were actually uh, removed by the thousands out of the area and put into the the townships and all these. Uh, Areas where that's gang infested and that's uh, that you know that that's been coming the haven for drugs, and uh, so of course when anything bad happens, you know when somebody lives in the township, they blame it on that period in time when they were removed from District Six. So yes, it can make people very angry and sometimes excited based on the fact that you know there's a possibility of returning to uh, to District Six. And uh, of course, this week is, has been uh, there's been a lot of news around District Six because due to a a, a high court judgment, um, so the trust was also one of the, the the cited parties in that particular matter. And you know, over the next of course of the next few weeks, I'm hoping to have a whole a whole lot of different parties, you know, that that uh, that identify themselves as someone or, or an organisation representing District Six and the claimants. So we're going to start off tonight by having the beneficiary, the District Six Beneficiary Trust, on air in the form of Anwar Nagia. Assalamualaikum, Anwar. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Isan, and to the other guests in the studios and to your, to your listeners. Okay, shukran for that, Anwar. Then we have Nadim Hendrix. Wa alaikum, Nadim. Wa alaikum salam, Isan, and wa alaikum salam to everybody. And then, of course, we have uh, the attorney, Faisal Bardin, who's been dealing with the District 6 uh, matters for a while now. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't have to, you know, I don't think, you know, that any of the three uh, members sitting here on the panel are strangers to the community. So I'm not really going to go into who they are, where they are. It's safe to say that they all got the District 6 issue, uh, you know, close to their hearts. And, of course, uh, they've been involved. Anwar, you've been involved there for how many? 40 years now? 42 years. 42 years you've been involved with District 6. Faisal has been the attorney for about almost 20 years. Um, myself um, for, for about 20 years. And then, of course, there is Nadim, who's also been for, for how long, Nadim? Close to 35 plus. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. The main side, Baya Baya Yarak in District 6, and of course, there has not been the, the trust itself. Anwar, to my mind, hasn't been that active for the last five years, is that correct? And uh, but I think, um, you know, it's the, 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 can, the current developments uh, warrant, you know, that the trust, you know, somehow needs to play a role once again, you know, in District 6. I mean, about a year ago, you announced that you were going to be involved in this process. So maybe you should take the lead on this one and maybe just give us a little bit of an overview as to where things are at at this point in time and where it's been, where it's going to go. Shukran Ihsan and shukran to the patience of all the people of District 6, both people that have claimed in terms of the legal process and people that are latecomers that have not claimed because of a certain cut-off date. Now, Isan, the trust has been involved for many, many years, uh, particularly, firstly, to save the land, and while saving the land, identify claimants, and the trust, in fact, went to court many years ago to actually do the biggest thing ever to save the land properly in terms of a Section 34 application. So we have actually won that application. We, in fact, managed to get the land frozen, and then by 2000, we managed to start the process of securing the 42 hectares. By 2004, the first families, the first 15 families were restituted. It became then 24 families. Nine was originally funded by the state. The other 15 were not funded by the state because the state even at that time just didn't have sufficient money. They only allowed land to be made available and the trust, both in the first phase 
and in the second phase facilitated and built. Then came a second phase which was 110 homes, the trust actually facilitated and of course we set a benchmark and the reason why I'm saying this, we set a benchmark that we should build dignified homes for dignified people and that we will set a benchmark of a minimum of three bedroom homes and that would be the process. The trust then set out another process was to actually extend indefinitely the cut-off date. We then won that battle with Minister Hanukum and others and the cut-off date was then extended. Of course then different political formations took government to court and said that Jacob Zuma cannot extend the date to 2018 to allow the so-called other land claim beneficiaries, people that either forgot to claim, people that didn't manage to claim, people that just didn't believe in the process, that didn't think it will happen, didn't claim. We then managed to get all of these people into some kind of resemblance of being fighters and they did so very willingly and started the process of reclaiming post the 1994 and 98 cutoff and then came the 2018. So at the moment, Isan, the trust then discovered that both Minister Nkwenti, Alan Zilla, Nkwenti, Nkwenti. Yeah, Nkwenti. Uh, yeah, Minister Nkwenti, I mean, who's now in the water, um, decided to usurp the land which the trust has negotiated with the Technicon. And so we said, okay, if you want to steal the land from the trust, then we're not prepared to go into the process because you're encouraging people to take two-bedroom homes to build a glorified slum in the area. It's at that point that we said we will not support the slumification of District 6 because our, the average size of the District 6 families was a minimum of four, let alone six people. And how are you going to compact six people or even seven people into an area which is designed for much more and in fact 66,000 people? We then said, no, okay, if we are supposed to be the persons or organizations that are slowing down the process as people are making these outrageous, nonsensical allegations. We then said, why don't we stand back and let others think they can do it? It's now probably eight years and nothing has been done. What have been done, they built two bedroom homes for double the price. They went bust. No investigation has taken place. And what, and is it a home or is it a flat? Well, what is it's it a, well, well we, it's a home and a flat to us, it's the same thing. Okay, but, no, but I think we'll just make the distinction. Yeah. The first phase and the second phase was actually homes. Freestanding or semi-detached homes. No, they're all semis. semis every, everyone everyone yeah. is a semi, is a semi but, but the ones clustered that, together. So the ones you're referring to now, that's the, basically the high-rise flats. That's the high-rise flats, yeah. Okay, and that is two bedrooms. Those are two bedrooms. Uh, walk-up apartments. We don't know if they're putting in lifts in there, but they're walk-up apartments, um, with, which is going to probably be higher than than three floors. But be that as it may, I think four stories is your is, is your maximum that you can do without the without lift. the lift. lift After yeah. that, you need a lift. You need a lift in terms of the housing standards. But look, some people are old. So what we've done was obviously this process then was completely, completely um, uh, done in a complete rush for political reasons and in fact it became the, the complete absolute flop. So the trust was completely right. So, so I want just to, 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 to expand on that, those units that are currently there, I mean last year in September construction stopped. Yes. So now yeah. it's almost it's a year and almost six months that construction has now just stopped. So what's happening? Where is it going? Is it going to stand there as half empty? Uh, uh, no. What, half we, what we understand that a new developer has been appointed mm -hmm. and um, the state will make that uh, announcement. They will start in January to at least complete the mess that they've in fact uh, are in at the moment. Is this happening in January? Times. In January. So they've already appointed, they've already appointed developers. We, we, we can't say the name and we can't say that it, uh, our information is 100% accurate, but just speaking 
uh, to certain people that we believe is quite influential. So there's a bit of hope now. You know, yeah, there's uh, hope that those homes will be completed, and I hope the geotech information is why the builders didn't want to come and help, because it, me- it meant that re-underpinning certain sections of those things on the clay-compacted land that's there. Now, I think, the, uh, but Anwar, you're talking about clay-compacted land, but surely there's a whole lot of rubble on that land as well. Which so was supposed to be removed, Isan, exactly what we did in phase one and in phase two we in fact took away a lot of land and we created burges to, to on the east side of the precinct of, of the, the highway because we took away all the land that people were buried on. In fact, many of the homes initially which we were going to build was going to be built on the ruins of other families. And what we decided to do is to go back down to bedrock and remove those ruins, those clay. So, so was this done with it when you, because that's why I'm interested. It's not in been it. done in, on yeah, the third phase. It wasn't phase. done. It wasn't done. You can go look at it. That birch there is land which was taken from landfills from the rest of District 6 and they built on top of that. And that is quite sad, you know, sad, that you, yeah. you built on the rubble of, your, of, of the people that, that was there. Look, maybe the builders didn't know, but surely there should have been a, a, a process of healing and a process of, of turning of the sods yeah. to understand that you don't build people's homes on the rubble of a society that went before them. Okay, I know it's just it's coming. I want to check, check with Faisal. Faisal, you've yeah. obviously read the newspaper this week where there was a new, there's this, uh, where the court gave the government uh, three months to, to come up with a plan. Is that a feasible plan? Well, look, I haven't read the, the judgment. Um, there was just a lot of newspaper articles um, in various papers about it. And the fact that the government has come back and, um, you know, get the development plan um, as to how they're going to be delivering these houses. Um, <coughs> for that period, I'm not sure. I mean, I've been involved with District 6 for quite some time. And you mentioned when you introduced the topic about political football uh, from a practical side, because I've been involved with actual, um, you know, with the architects, with the um, land surveyors and getting the actual transfers through. And that has been already a nightmare from that point of view. And that is just the the, the process and the practical going from the yeah, but I think office but and getting it registered. And getting no, no, but I, mean, but I don't think that's what the judgment says. It, speaks, no, no, it's not it really about speaks that. about the plan. You yeah, know, what is the plan? What's going to happen? Happen, yeah. But I think hmm. from the time frames, I don't know whether that's going to be achievable. You know, it's just from from my experience and how long these things have taken um, I don't know if the time frames will be sufficient Okay, and just Nadeem, just to bring you into this well, what's the, 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 the temperature so let's say if, what's the temperature in the community at this point in time is it copper or is it demiasia are they now happy that things are moving forward or are they, are they still massive uh, you know, dissatisfaction uh, with, with people that are supposed to come back you know, people live on hope, you know, and uh, a judgment like that, uh, besides analyzing it and looking at the things that Faisal just said now, it still gives people the hope, mm. right? And obviously, when there's hope, people have a lot of joy and things like that. But we know over the years, Faisal myself been sitting on every conceivable technical committee in the development of District 6 for the last uh, 20 years uh, to ensure uh, that uh, some plan is devised. I think Anwar can recall, Terence Smith, uh, they did a project for the development plan for District 6. It took him, it took cost the government about 2 million rand if I'm correct to say that and that is still uh, somewhere hidden in, in the archives of the government and uh, but that took two years for them to come up with a plan and to deflate all those heads over there in three months time is for me in all it is uh, a desire that must happen but the reality is, Faisal, we know it cannot happen. Unless right. they pull out that plan and say, Unless easy they, plan. That's why I'm <laughs> raising that with you, yeah. son. There is a plan. Okay, so there is a plan and that uh, government spent $2 million on and yeah. uh, it's but in my, my point here is I'm very worried that this judgment is giving people false hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, in terms of them being able to devise a plan in three months' time. Mm. Uh, is it three months? Uh, uh, is, it, is it three months? It's three months, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, know I just want to get back to something more technical, you know. 
We have seen so many groups, you know, there's the, 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 the beneficiary trust, there was a reference group, there's, a, there's another group uh, led by Mr. Ajam, there is another group led by um, the Mr. Mr. Puerta, but he's no longer around. So, I mean, there's been different groups. Now, surely, is it in any way possible, you know, that these groups can, you know, start speaking to government with one voice? Is, is that even a remote possibility? Isan, first of all, that must be the only possibility, not even remote. One must always gravitate towards a unified voice. But, you know, you have personalities and you have egos, and you have people that in fact want to um, do things their own way, and if they don't get their way, they form, they form their own organization. So it's not unique in District 6. We have dispirited groups all over. But let's talk even about the one group that have now taken government um, uh, and requesting government, basically. Okay, and on that note, uh, we're going to go to an ad break. So now, those people that are listening can say, come work home, come work home, and what can I say? So let's leave it. We're going to go for the ad break. When we come back, then I would like you to, to give me this, uh, you know, this uh, analysis. The Legal Hour with Isan Higgins. And we are back with the legal hour, and we've got uh, Anwar Nagia, we've got uh, Faisal Bardin, and we've got Nadim Hendricks, and we're looking at the law in District 6. Anwar, you were going to talk to us uh, about um, the court case? The yeah, the, the mm. groups and the court case. So it sounds as weekly before I come to the, the, the court case, which people are celebrating as a as a kind of a victory, and uh, I will come, I'll come back to that, and I don't want to absolutely uh, rain on people's parade. Very simply, very simply, you have a working committee which was literally born out of the offices of the Beneficiary Trust. Their chairperson, Mr. Ajam, and their people absolutely came via the late Al-Rahum Mr. Sidi Christians to ask for help. We've adopted them. We gave them all the information that they have. We actually taught them the institutional memory of District 6. And lo and behold, they've absolutely formed their own momentum. That's number one. Number two, you have the reference group, which was imposed on the process by the minister. Because minister couldn't make a breakthrough with us. We were uncompromising. We were too principled. We were too firm. We were too delivery conscience for the people. And the reference group then accepted the outcomes. And then the public was told at the convention center having lovely teas and coffees because they never ever had meeting at convention centers at huge expenses. And in fact, ignored the trust. And in fact, tried to kick the trust out. And we listened to the democratic process. So part of the thing is, Ihsan, if the people have spoken, they might have been wrong and they might have regretted their ways, but they have absolutely dumped the so-called uh, trust as they know it but we have hundreds of followers so we we don't have a crisis of identity then there is another group property owners and we said no ways will we encourage the difference between a person who owned and a person who didn't own we said if you come under the trust's roof you have to support an integrated development that people were forced out and people were forced into District 6 on the basis of their particular social standing. So African people were kicked out in the early stages of District 6, or in the early 1920s, they went to Mdabeni and others. Then came the so-called property owners and the so-called Indians and the so-called Muslims and the so-called uh, 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 colored people all, and Chinese people in District 6. And these were also groups that existed the Exxon, and come 94, all of a sudden the property owners were saying, but we owned land and you didn't own land. Now, you owned land at the expense of African people not owning land. So how can you claim the victory of you owning land? We're not denying your right to land, 
but you own the land at the expense. So this was the disparate nature of the various groupings in District 6. And what the Trust has done, and still are doing, is to galvanize all of these forces in a coherent and a sustained front. But what we didn't support when our people abandoned us to an extent was to accept the slumification of District 6 on two-bedroom homes, and also we see the phenomena of the whole notion of gentrification. Now, why do we say this? We say this because immediately after this court ruling, ruling their leader, Mr. Ajam, and we're going to mention him, to says that our process, A, was flawed, and B, it was actually corrupt. We are going to take issue. He's not going to get on the hook with that, with that statement. Him, not at all. So, so we, will, we will deal with him at that basis. But what okay. we are saying... I know I just want to say, you know, as, as, a, as a responsible, you know, host, uh, that the view expressed in this program is not the views of the Voice of the Cape, it's management or staff. So I just want to be clear on that issue. And, uh, you know... We accept that. We take full responsibility for that. And we, mm. we, we, we don't have to name and even shame any person. It's just that that person made the statement which, which threw a huge, huge cast of doubt over people like Dr. Terence Fredericks, who died, like Dr. Um, um, Stan Abrams, who died. These are all old trustees, people that are that are faith-based people whose lives have been absolutely trashed by one foul statement like that with no factual base even the fact that they can say these things unchallenged we mm -hmm. were not there to challenge it mm -hmm. so we are now prepared to challenge it now and to call a spade a spade and if people want to make accusations they must actually bring substantive proof to say that the trust is corrupt it was corrupt and the process was flawed when in fact we were the only organization almost in this country to galvanize the hope for people of District 6 and we still believe in the hope of people of District Absolutely. 6. Now let me just explain to you about the court case. I don't want people hopes to be built up that, that there was a kind of a victory that was a victory speech in the court case. The court case wasn't about delivering of any homes or saying you, the, you, you must get your house, you mustn't. It's only bringing government to task, which I absolutely was one of the first people to say on this program that we actually think that the working committee, the D6 working committee and their free lawyers have done them a very good favor to absolutely bring government to shake the tree a bit, just to shake the tree. So that I will give them. I'm not going to take that away from them. But what I'm saying to you, don't interpret that as the delivery of homes to people in a specific way. Yeah, so, what so, they should uh, have done, uh, uh, was mm -hmm. to please get the cut-off date extended first. Because many of the people that are in the working committee don't have claim numbers mm -hmm. or other land claim beneficiaries or latecomers. And they must first know, what be is the cut of date? Wasn't the cut of date 2018? 2018, yes, but it wasn't because it was taken to court. It was challenged. Every forum. Yeah, the various political formations challenged it. So what they should have done together with their, together with their free legal services and getting lawyers to, to compel government to, to, to give some, some structure to this. And it's not only in Cape Town, it's all over the country. So before we start running away with this as a victory, let us sober ourselves up that we do admire that they managed to get and convince lawyers to do this work. And remember, nothing comes free, son. Even if these lawyers are telling the world they're coming for free. You know, we've, we've heard the, the slippage of gentrification. Mm. We've heard the slippage of other developments being taking place in District 6. And on the corner of Tenen Street and Kaisergracht, there's a big development going up, which was not challenged, which the city knew that the trust would never allow that. That we're also investigating. Mm -hmm. So we, 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 we're telling people, first get the cut-off date extended. Help all those people in your groups. Help them all to get their cut-off date extended. Then the applications can go in and make sense. Mm -hmm. That is what we should have fought. That is what we should have used the free lawyers for. But maybe, but I'm I not saying that I they're wrong. In, in this process, I mean, there has now been this, uh, the court case that, uh, that and then, and, and the, the, the judiciary has now put the executive to terms. Surely within that process, you know, I'm sure there's not only one voice 
that will be heard uh, in the form of this working group. It will obviously the trust and all the other groups who, who feel that they've been prejudiced as a result of this laxy-daisy approach by government. Surely during this process, you know, one can actually get back into that, in, into that uh, debate or discussion about the cut-off date. Yeah, Isan, that's exactly what we've been focusing on as exactly the same thing. And what the working committee has done in uh, fairness to them, I think they were right to get the process a bit jilted. That's all. But please don't tell the people that that is a victory for anything. That's a jilted. The government can come back in February and say, we're still not ready because we're not looking at District 6 alone. We're looking at 3.9 million families that were displaced in this country. Mm-hmm. And we can't be selfish in District 6 alone. We must say all of the people that was affected by the process of the indignity that they suffered must also have some form of relief in the form of restitution, in the form of another word which we taught many people, restorative justice. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't about brick and mortar, Isan. It was about restoring the dignity of people, and that's why we benchmarked three-bedroom homes and not two-bedroom slums which they're building. So what do we do? We have been working on an application to bring the cut-off date to a closure, to get the old Zuma's ruling back into force mm. and the same political formations without mentioning names because they want to otherwise you're going to remind me about the rules that the voices and the names <laughs> expressed here is not the the views of the station but these political formations white political formations who don't want the cut of day to be extended mm. i understand that uh, i just want to bring the other guests into this faisal i think people you, you're quite popular with the, with the listeners um yeah. people are asking the that you know i said uh, he said, Mr. Higgins, the time is short, almost 9 o'clock, and you ask my two questions, Kanala. So I'm going to ask it, because you know what, you don't want people to, to, to feel that, you know, we're having a program, and you know, and the questions are not being answered. And the one is, the one is to Anwar, but I'm going to ask it second. I'm first going to ask Faisal's question. A question to Faisal Bardin. If there is a dispute with land claims regarding occupation of a settlement agreement, property, can the repatriation registration of the property in question be put on hold? Yeah, look, with experience at the moment, if there's any dispute between family members, then the land claims is not going to give me instructions to transfer that property to one family member or Absolutely. to two yeah. family mm-hmm. members if there's a dispute. And there is currently, which I'm aware of, there's a few of them that's happening. So the land claims wants the family to get together, so resolve your dispute, and then come, uh, you know, come back to them and say, listen, we've resolved, and this is our proposal. And if that is done, they will then, you know, you know, send instructions. I have met with a with a family as recently as I think in last week, and I, um, you know, listened to the issues and I gave them some suggestions as to how they can address the issues. They're going back to the family members, and then they're going to discuss, you know, amongst the family members as to how they're going to either register the property in all the names of the of the of the heirs or the children or create a trust for the family and put it in the name of the trust so um, yes so that thing can be put on hold until that dispute is resolved because remember if that property stands transferred to one person and is supposed to go to five children then the land claims is going to have a problem because those four members are going to come back they're going to go to court and going to have and they will have recourse okay Anwar this one is for you it says um, a question to Anwar Nagia is why is the Bloomer Fletcher, Bloomer Fletcher, the Bloomer Fletcher, in constitutions that did not form part of the restitution? That's a very valid question. I'm sure it's on the mind of many people. Absolutely. And we have families that have claimed for their properties back in Bloomer Flats. So it's always been part of the restitution. It's not been vocalized as the vacant land. But the, 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 the caller is absolutely right. It's something that we must probably give much more uh, expression to because we can't allow Kobe Kutsi and all the white Nationalist Party guys who have benefited from stealing the Bloomer Flats, uh, Bloomer Flats land. And so too part of the Technicon land, which we managed to take away from the Technicon, mm-hmm. where those two, where those two bedroom uh, slums are being built. <laughs> You know, we've managed to succeed to get four hectares of land back, which the government and some of the people actually took took away from the trust. First of all, it sounds just very simply, all the homes the trust built are actually standing. All the homes the trust built, people are in. Mm-hmm. And we've done it in record time. 
and we've done it with the highest spec and standards. Okay. There's a question for that team also here. Yeah? It says, if we have five children, will each one get a house? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a standing uh, a resolution on the standing that we formulated many years that uh, there's no way that uh, the five uh, um, children in, in that family can get a house. There is uh, understanding with the government at national and provincial level and at city level and at the trust level that the one house will be given and the other four will be, uh, I know I will know the term, we, we will pay out a percentage to the other families. Okay. But we cannot. We even said that we'll give the one, which is five. Then we'll give one to the first one and three, uh, one to the other three uh, 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 families. Am I correct? Uh, to yeah, other no, brothers. So what, so what yeah. happened is... But definitely not yeah. each one. Right. So what happened is the law is very simple. If you all stayed in the same house, you can't have five homes house. back. The family gets a house back. But if you owned ten houses, yeah. you would get monetary compensation. compensation for the balance. You get three. In, for, for ten houses, you get three, and you get two in the case of yeah. five, and the others will be monetary so compensation. Where is this contained? Is it in containing legislation, in policy? Where exactly no. is so, this? The, so what happened was, there's a social compact which government has accepted with us because the legislation wasn't in any yeah. way um, going to respond um, to, to that. Because remember, people owned 10 houses on maybe two urban. You, you mentioned social compact. Uh, is anyone even looking at it at this point? Well, at the moment, it saved so many people. The social compact, Faisal will attest, many people in District 6 um, tried to mortgage the property to take out other loans. Mm. And we said in the social compact, you cannot use... You can't use District 6 house, what you created in the So the bank couldn't repossess these people's homes for not paying off loans and other loans that, they, that they've taken. That's part of the social compact. The social compact also states that you can't transfer or sell the house. The social compact also says that you can't rent out the property, which they're doing now for 12,000 rand. But if, if the tenant complains to us, we can then show the tenant the social compact and they can't hire out those houses for uh, 12,000 rand. Uh, but Faisal, hmm. what mechanism is in place to enforce the social compact? There is there anything? There isn't. Not there at isn't. the moment. Because no, we we were innovators. You, you, you're right, Isan. There, there, there is no law that forces the social compact on people if they sign it willing. So what they did do as part of a community property association, they signed the social compact to absolutely understand that District 6 was not going to punish people again. They were not going to deny on the basis of racism. They were not going to deny on the basis of your religion. The social compact says you can't complain against a church bell. The social compact says you can't complain against the Adhan, the call for prayer. So the social compact also says, Chikanya Smokala is No, no, I understand that. No, no, but, mm. but, but, but the I state, yeah, but the I state wanna, is lagging. Yeah, but I want to understand that there's one thing, having a social compact, and it's always nice, oh, no, we got mm. that in place. But surely th there what? must be some form of enforcement so, mechanism. Yeah, we see what they're going to have to do is that they're going to have to formulate and register a homeowners association. And if those conditions of the social compact is taken into account, yeah. they will have to bring it into the conditions or the terms and conditions of the homeowners association. However, as we stand now, there isn't a registered homeowners association. Okay, so 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 if I must now make an assessment, there's a social compact, and that social compact, in order for it to get the force of law, you need to actually put that into a document of the homeowners association, and then it will become a let's call it contractual amongst the people living there. Mm -hmm. But certainly, it won't be legislation. I'm no, right. no, it can't be legislation. Uh, like mm -hmm. body corporates, body yeah. corporates are not legislated in the law. It's only certain things are legislated in the law for body corporates so the body corporates can say to you listen you can't have pets or you can't you can't hire your property no, no, but but yeah, that's but exactly the same thing but I bring you back to the question let me bring you back to the question you are saying that the if somebody made a loan okay and social compact will prevent them from making that loan or taking a bond out but 
even if what Faisal says is correct, Faisal says it must be incorporated into a homeowners association, but surely you cannot use that homeowners association to protect people from the banks and creditors. Well, we, say, we were saying, despite what you're saying, despite contrary to your logic, yeah. the banks came to Faisal and said, yeah. listen, we, we stuck. And so we won, despite the, the fact the bank the was either too was stupid the or the bank situation didn't was different take the at that time. At that time, the social compact was accepted by everybody, yeah. uh, and it was um, live and active. And then, when um, you know the bank tried to foreclose, we then used the social <laughs> compact. In okay, order we're going to get back to that now. But they buckled. Uh, no, no, whether it's the law or not, there's the spirit of the law. Isan, you must understand. Many people were tenants, mm-hmm. right? So how do they get a land back if they were only tenants? Well, wh- 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 which law gives a tenant a house back? Was that not contained in the 42 D? No, 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 no. Section okay, 42. But let us go quickly to, 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 to the, the, the ads, and then we come back. We're going to come back to this <laughs> okay. really difficult question. Yeah. To Ilya Laser Hair and Beauty Spa. At Ilya, we have the fastest and most effective laser hair removal technology in the world. Red that unwanted hair permanently and painlessly. We promise you that our rates are the best in Cape Town. You can also spoil yourself at our spa for your hair, skin, and beauty needs. Take advantage of our weekly offers and gift vouchers. Find us on Crumbum Road under the Crawford Bridge after Shell Garage next to Arabian Nights. Phone Ilya Laser and Beauty Spa on 021 696 3944 or 062 684 8269. Mr. has been changing lives for over 30 years through education, poverty alleviation, community development, healthcare, and disaster relief. Be part of the change and sponsor one of our projects, The Profit Saved. Man's true wealth is the good he does in this world. To find out more on how you can get involved, contact us at www.mustadafin.org.za or visit us at 30 Turfer Road, Lansdowne. Call us on 021-633-0010. Mustadafin distributes zakah, sadaqah, fitra and fidya. If every man helps his neighbor, then who will need help? The first ever Summer Souk Festival at Athlon Stadium. Featuring the Rockets, Emo and Lukman Adams, Noor Abrams, Kenneth Fanises, Wasif Pikan and more. Bring your whole family and experience a Summer Souk like never before. With a variety of stalls, prize giveaways, a fun fair, food and everything under the hot summer sun. Adults 20 Rand, kids 10 Rand. The Summer Souk Festival at Athlon Stadium, 7, 8 and 9. In December. For more info and to book your store, call 0655-262733. The Legal Hour with Ihsan Higgins. And we are back with this very interesting discussion <gasps> about District 6 and the law. And uh, we're trying to, you know, to unpack some of the issues that, uh, you know, that's obviously facing, you know, the claimants and potential claimants and, of course, uh, people that are wondering about the social compact. And uh, I know you were saying about the social compact. Yeah, Isan, look, two things, just very briefly. You're right that we introduced this as a pioneer thing for the first time in South Africa. So we made, we made history by introducing social compacts to, to settlement, but also post-settlement. Now, every time you settle somebody on the land, not only in District 6 or on rural land or on farming land, they leave the people there and they go bust. So what we did was, in anticipation of that, the trust said, why don't we have a post-settlement agreement to help people mitigate through the hardships that they might experience, the contradictions that happens in townships, the debt collectors, the overcharging of rent, the intolerance of people's religious connections, so the social compact, God. Guards against, sorry, guards against all of those things. So therefore the social compact is there. The other thing, we also upgraded the rights of people that were tenants to owners because they were tenants by default. They were not tenants out of choice. There was absent landlords in District 6 and they made these people tenants. And when the Land Restitution Act came into being, it was called the Land Restitution Act. So many tenants felt so bad because they felt that they were tenants they couldn't claim. 
the act was wrong. The, the naming of the act should not have been the Land Restitution Act to restitution. <coughs> it should have just be, been land reform and access to justice where people were removed by the color of their skin, by their ethnicity, and of course by racial classifications, which, which the, the so-called Nationalist Party did. That is the two fundamental things the trust did. What did the trust do as a third thing for those people who don't have institutional memory, for those people don't, who don't, don't understand what was taking place? We introduced the Section 42D, which was an administrative settlement. Otherwise, every claimant had to go to court, had to paginate boxes of files to have each of their claims gazetted. And so Wallace and Gorky and ourselves managed the old commissioner managed to introduce a Section 42D application. And a Section 42 is an adversary. So there's about nine different things. This trust, which everybody condemns, who probably don't have institutional memory. But we do forgive them, Ifsan. We have to bring our people back onto one, onto one umbrella without our egos. We don't care whether we're last in the queue or first in the queue. But justice must prevail in District 6. But we're warning everybody in District 6, we are going to fight you very hard when you come with your gentrification. We're going to fight you very hard when you come and bring developers in the area as a quid pro quo to support the city of Cape Town's gentrification process. And that's happening in Bukup, they're selling our souls, and it's going to happen in District 6. But we are guarding. That is why the trust has to come out. And, and well, this is an interesting question that came through now. It says here, Mr. Nagia, didn't you sign off documents with Jacob Zuma for a cut-off date right in, in the beginning? Hence, you stopped us from making application that time. Maybe you just want to deal with that yeah, issue. Yeah, very simply, it's just not true. It's, it's a figment <laughs> of that. that yeah, but this is the type of stuff no, 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 why no, no, I'm but, saying but the is right. Yeah. If, 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 the, if the caller is ignorant of facts, then I can understand you make that statement. So inform yourself. Let us help you. There is no such thing. All we're saying is that President Zuma didn't make it for District 6. He made it for everybody. So we're just talking about a generic extension. So there was nothing that was signed off with Zuma. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely. It's, it's not even rubbish. And I think, I know, it's, it's uh, the reason, rubbish. Yeah, uh, the it's reason, actually foolhardly of, yeah, of this person. But the reason why I'm asking the question, and I mean, I'm glad you're answering it, <laughs> yeah. is that, you know, this is the type of stuff, you know, that people yeah. are walking around They're with. armed with ignorance. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, but, this is, but that's why it's good to actually get, you know, that out of the way to yeah. say, listen, that didn't happen, and, uh, you yeah. know, it, it, it's false. And I think... Ixan, my apologies for... I'm not victimizing this particular person. I'm just victimizing people that are ignoramus. You know, I, I'm so tired. Of, of ignorant people not finding their facts and actually ventilating it uh, through social media and other stuff, which is just not true. You hurt families. You hurt people. Mm. You create bad vibes, <coughs> you know, and people that are armed with ignorance, in fact, make foolish decisions. Okay. I, I forgive that person. I want to ask this next question also. It says here, the, the Dr. Nagia, please tell us why there are no mention of the late list claimants that were verified and it was confirmed by the then Minister of Land Affairs, I'm assuming he's speaking of Mr. Mkwente, they will be second in line to be settled after the people with claim numbers. So in other words, the people without claim numbers, I mean, where's that list and why is that not being verified? And with the second part of it, um, what has happened to the moratorium to stop developments in District 6? Now that is an intelligent question. question. Thank you for the person that asking that. Number one, we still believe there should be a moratorium, but your local city council, and this I will tell you now, I'll name them. The local city council have trashed the moratorium on their own and allowing development. Not the trust, not the working committee, not the reference group. The city of Cape Town must take full responsibility for that. Number two, the people that have lodged what they call latecomers application, they all had to go to Mowbray, and it's sitting on government's desk, and they laughed at the fact that the cut-off date has not been extended, so that list and that database still there. Is, must still be there, and we can subpoena them to make that database uh, available, and we will help those people. And we're just hoping to bring an application to get the cut-off date extended, extended back for another five years. It was extended for five years, and it was blocked. It was blocked by the people that many of you people vote for. It was blocked by them. So if you unvote them, if you unvote for them <laughs> in the next election, if you want to call that, we will help 
to get that cut of date back extended and then we can ask government to tell us in three months time to do this and do that first get the claimants legitimized and it was to an extent a good thing that we plan District 6 on an integrated development basis. You can't plan just for this group and then when the other group come they must get the leftovers. You know, we don't want the leftovers. But we are mindful of time, Ixan. Why must people die? Why must people be burdened? Why must families break up? You know, because they can't afford the, the affordability to come back to the city. Okay. I know we don't have much time left, so uh, I just want to check with, uh, with, 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 I mean, it's a very nice comment that came through. It says, Salam, why don't all groups come together and work as one? Then you can put pressure on government to reopen, um, open, expropriate all living buildings and the land surrounding CPUT. People are dying of confusion. Because uh, to to many uh, something about the fight for D six and, and I like the spirit of this question. No, the person is absolutely right because mm. the Johnny come lately is are confusing the process. That is it, but it doesn't mean that 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 we are right all the time. Mm-hmm. We d- we don't have the prerogative of being right. Of course we will err, but we err in the side we err in the side of of genuineness. We don't err on the side of a Johnny-come-lately who don't have institutional memory. Rather subject yourself to the discipline of, of institutional memory instead of going to, to the platforms and to the stages and making outrageous kind of statements. And uh, then there's a question here. We're still waiting for um, the trust, the, the beneficiary trust to get back to us after promising they will sit with us at the Al-Azhar Masjid. They're referring to obviously the Hassan, I can ask. Um, in, in fact, I'm so glad that question, yeah, that question came through. So you asked me a couple of days ago after that meeting that uh, there's a potential of us sitting together. We went to Trash. Now, we said to you, Hassan, and we told those people that we're not prepared to sit with haters. We're not prepared to sit with people that trash the other mosque, sanctity of the mosque which was such a beautiful mosque under the leadership of a great sheikh. You come into the mosque, not outside the mosque, you come into the mosque. You come into the sanctity of the mosque and you trash the sanctity of the mosque. What we did expect them to do first is to apologize, not for protesting, because it's their right to protest and it's a right to the expression. But the mosque didn't deserve the mosque committee and the mosque that have served this community for dozens and dozens of years, right, who've actually helped and have galvanized the community for their memory to be trashed the way it was trashed. Posters, placards, you know, whether they hate me or you, they should have done that outside. So until they apologize for their actions, Iksan, we will gladly meet with these groups. But I know, this is just on, on the question, I mean, from my understanding, there has been a meeting that was at Trafalgar High. Nadim? Exactly. No, we had a public meeting, which was separate, which we, which, which we, we're not banning people from coming. We now hear that people that went to a working committee meeting, a D6 working committee, there's a list on the outside, you go through a security, and it says you can or you can't come in. And okay. this is what happened to people. But we didn't do that. We asked people to come to Trafalgar. Okay. So, look, the point, the point of these programs, and I mean, I don't want people to, to run away with the idea that we're giving only a voice to one particular group. The no, idea no, no, is really give to give all the groups, you know, uh, an opportunity to, to say, look, this is the way forward. Because you can't have a situation where we're talking about just, ah, we're going to be fighting each other. Because fighting each other does not move the process any further. So just in the last comment, Anwar, where are you and this group, the trust, where will you be, under your leadership, where will you be taking this process so that people can return home? First of all, I want to tell that person and the many, many other persons that are confused um, and that are disheartened, please do not be disheartened. Please understand that in history, you are going to get bumps and speed bumps along the way. Some of it by our own fault and our own design, and we will, we will apologize if, if that is so. But our vision and our mission is to return people back in their lifetime, all their kids, all their siblings to District 6, <coughs> that they can live and work and play and die in the city which they came. We do want to apologize as the trust if we have offended people even this evening in our in our um, expression but we're also going to say we're not going to stand back and let our people be completely 
sidetracked and misguided to some extent. We don't hold a monopoly of ideas, Ihsan. We will tell that. We'll be the first to take it on the chin. But we want this person who have called in tonight, who have written in tonight, we will not disappoint him. We are going to be assisting people to get a resolution on District 6 okay. quicker. Nadim, your last comment? Well, I uh, know, Ihsan, I want to say it, is that uh, we had a meeting at Trafalgar. No, no, you need to say it a bit quicker, Nadim. Uh, which, was <laughs> well, which, which, which was well attended. Yeah. We had another meeting last week and Thursday mm. uh, at the District 6, at the uh, museum, at the Palestinian Museum, okay. where people came together to sort of formulate a plan for the future. Okay. Right, so that is happening, and it's, and it's a lot and of... And there will be more meetings that you will... People yeah, we're calling a meeting yeah. in January. In January. Um, uh, it's the festive season, and people, you know, are, are bowed, are browed, you know, browbeaten mm. at the moment. And mm. we only want to give people a meeting when we think it's relevant. Okay. And well, there is a plan. Uh, yeah. It's okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, of okay. So, and then, of course, uh, Voice of the Cape will be will be giving them the dates, etc. You know, as and when it happens. Absolutely. And we encourage you, son, to have all the other yeah. groups on the on your program. Okay. Uh, Faisal, last comment before we. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly say that you know I'm still busy with phase two, uh, phase two transfer. So people are getting title deeds. Um, from phase two, there's about 56. Um, freestanding houses and the balance of sectional title units um, so we've done 40 already of that has gone through um, unfortunately with the, with the sectional titles um, we cannot touch that yet because there's an amendment of the general plan that's taking place and then we can uh, you know uh, deal with the sectional title units okay shukran uh, it's a pity we had such a short time tonight i mean there's so many things to talk about but yes anwar we will take what you're saying we're going to build the groups on and hopefully we can get we can come through this quagmire of this legal issues mm. you know and and get to, to a proper plan going forward so and of course this can only happen when people start talking and sure. starting to understand one another so that they can have a collective strategy in terms of going forward so from my side Ihsan Higgins I'm happy to, to, to conclude this program now I want to say to those listeners uh, to those people that were not entertained via the SMS line you know feel free to contact me on 0823363778 that's the legal cafe number and if we can assist you immediately we will if not you can visit the legal cafe so it's 0823363778 from my side I say uh, shukran to my panel shukran to the listeners who are allowing us to serve and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh shukran